0: Welcome to Being Better Podcast, where we explore the things that make us happier, wiser, and healthier people. Hi, my name is Julia, and I am your host. Every week, I take a concept, a technique, or a story to learn how it can make us better. I hope that this show can help you with your practice of self-inquiry. So, here we go. To the Being Bad Podcast. I am Julia and I would describe myself as an extremely passionate, yet I know that some other people choose to call that a bit nutty. But well, I choose to call it just being an extremely passionate person about anything related to becoming happier, wiser, healthier, stronger, and kinder. So welcome or welcome back to the show. It's great to have you here with us and I hope that you're having a wonderful day, but if you can't, then quoting Tabitha Brown, don't you dare go messing up somebody else's, okay, hon? Good. Well, I'm great, thanks for asking. I'm actually super excited for this episode because it's an interview with Leah Scott and it's all about cold exposure and spirituality and sisterhood and it turned out so wholesome and inspiring that I think I will just come back to it anytime I lose hope or motivation to get on with things. Leah is an amazing person. She is a Wim Hof Method instructor, and actually a level 2 instructor, if that wasn't enough. She's also a breathwork specialist, extreme cold tolerance practitioner, a mountain guide, motivational speaker, and also a mother of two. She is based in the snowy mountains of New South Wales in Australia, where she regularly takes plunges in the icy mountain rivers. She is taught all around Australia and worldwide, including alongside Wim Hof himself in Thailand. And as a matter of fact, Leah has created the world's first Wim Hof Method retreat for women. And through the combination of the work with breath, with ice and nature, she helps people from all parts of the world improve their physical and spiritual health. In this episode, you will listen to our chat about Leah's story about the science behind cold exposure and also it's going to be a complete guide for beginners who are interested in this practice. We also discussed the spiritual aspect of this practice and since Leah has held many Wim Hof Method retreats for women, we talked about how it can impact our relationship with femininity and our body and also with other women. So there are just so many things that you will like about this episode that I think you might not notice the ones you don't like, though I don't know if that's good. Um, Anyway, I'm going to shut up now and let you enjoy Leah's cut. It's great to have you here on the show. And again, I want to start by apologizing for making you wake up early to record. Uh, The time difference can be a bit sometimes. Uh, So I really appreciate you, you know, waking up early to do this. For me, it's like 9 p.m. right now. So... For me, it's like nice evening vibes. So I think our energies might not be exactly the same. But yeah, I'm really stoked for this.
1: Yeah. No, thanks for the opportunity, Julia. It's uh, 6 a.m. over here in Australia. So it's nice and early.
0: What's the, what's your, the usual time that you do your uh, cold plunges? Oh, it's definitely morning time. Like I'm quite an avid
1: um, cold plunger first thing. So, and that can be anything, it depends on what I've got on. So for instance, because we had the podcast this morning, um, it was just a cold shower, but you know, that was at five o'clock and I'm known for, if I'm up in the mountains, then I'll, you know, get into the car and I'll be in that river at 7am, you know, in the frost.
0: I really love that. I mean, I have so many questions. I'm super excited for this, but I'm going to stop myself and talk about my favorite segment, the recommendation of the week. I know that, like I said, it's my favorite segment. I know that the listeners love it too. So as you might have guessed, it's just me asking the guests about something that they have been enjoying uh, lately or just using or reading or listening to. The purpose is simple. It's just that I love asking the people that I admire, that I look up to about what content they consume, the things they like like learning about, or what they eat, or how they like to work out, um, just to get a better grasp on the behind the scenes, if I may. Um, So yeah, what can you recommend to us this week?
1: Yeah, wow. Okay, so I love learning. Um, I'm doing it all the time. And that's like, I love podcasts. I love reading books. And I would have to say, look, I've just started a book. It's called *The Lion Tracker's Guide to Life*, and it's by Boyd Varty. Have you heard of Boyd Varty?
0: No, I actually haven't. Yeah, so
1: he's um he's probably around my age, but I first heard a few podcasts on Boyd, and he grew up in uh, South Africa, and he's incredibly connected to nature. Um, and what really inspired me to buy his book a few weeks ago was he spent 30 days and 30 nights, um, out in, in the, uh, the national park in, in South Africa, living in a tree house by himself. Uh, and he podcasted every day and wow. he's, yeah, he's incredibly wise, um, quite poetic. So yeah, that's, that's
0: this week. Yeah, that's a good combination, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of my childhood dream for, for me to live in a treehouse, you know, up in, in the trees. I think it's like, you know, for me, the best like uh, movie was Pocahontas. You know, I loved her running through the forest. Um, I don't know how old I was, like 13. I, I really loved it. Uh, so... So yeah, for me, it's like the perfect vibe. I'm going to definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, well, and he did it on his own.
0: You know, he did it
1: solo. And he was drawn to do that, because he wanted to know why, like a lot of the mystics in the past, they spent exactly that amount of time. And um, it was an incredible journey and something that I would love to do myself one day.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Well, you know we have to catch up and see how if you know that's possible after the world is a bit more normal Uh, so thanks for that recommendation I'm gonna link that book in the episode description for all the listeners to check out and yeah now let's get into all the goodies and I want to begin uh, by asking you about how it all started, you know, how you began your journey with uh, Wim Hof Method. And, you know, I suppose that cold exposure and ice baths are not really a big part of the Australian culture. Uh, So I'm curious, what has originally drawn you to, to it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, look, initially I went through a really tough time. It was six years ago now I separated from my husband. Uh, and I have two boys and, you know, growing up in a small town, it was, um, yeah, I suppose it was on show, you know, and I lost a lot of people out of my life. Uh, this, I had extreme anxiety, stress and depression. I was having panic attacks. Uh, and it was, I felt like the person I was just died. You know, I was just never the same. I wasn't sleeping properly, um, was struggling to get my life on track. And I had these um, big awakening moments. And I woke up one day and I thought, I just want peace within. You know, I just want to feel peace and contentment within. And this sort of led me on a journey Um, of self-discovery you know I didn't know who I was and I realized a lot of my anxiety was from fear you know I just was scared to even step out of the house so I made a list and um, of everything that I was scared of was ticking that off Um, and over a couple of nights I had these really intense visions of myself floating in the river And when I told my girlfriend, she thought I'd completely lost the plot. (laughs) So did I. So I went to the doctor, um, our local GP, and, yeah, I sort of – I told her that I'd separated from my husband. And to cut a long story short, she said, well, you know, you eat healthy, you exercise, because I was super fit at the time, thinking that that would, you know, help my mental health, but I was just drowning. Um, and so she said, I'll write right, a script for anxiety pills and, um, and sleeping tablets. And I just got this wave of intuition, like just, um, was just something. There was a fork in the road. I felt like for my life at that point, I could take the pills, but then something, someone, my spirit told me, you know, try another way, you know, there has to be another way. So I, yeah, again, just went out seeking, trying different modalities and uh, listened to a podcast with Joe Rogan and the Iceman. Uh, and Wim, you know, spoke a lot about the science behind the method and how breathwork and cold exposure helps a lot with mental health. Um, and he actually said in the podcast that he had this big urge to go into a frozen lake one day when he was I think it was 17 at that point um, which was the visions that I had I had that same urge to go into the water so I could relate to him yeah. and I thought look I'm just going to give it a go I mean breath work and cold water no way it was way out there for me <laughs> but I was desperate you know I was I was desperate and I still remember my first breathing, just lying down in bed following his um, his tutorial, uh, which is now on on the app. It's great. Uh, and I saw colors, lights. Um, I was euphoric. You know I had this full experience and I come out, and <laughs> I just thought like I had I felt just peace and serenity. And I thought this was my breath, right? I I use this. I use my breath as a tool. Um, And I wasn't even going to have the cold shower. But uh, because the breathing blew me away so much, I had like a a 30 second cold shower, which was very vocal. Uh, But when I got out, I just felt strong and I was present. And I knew straight away that I'd found something that would change my life straight away I knew it
0: that's amazing yeah yeah and it's like it's incredible that you have had the answer like within you you know that your it was yourself that showed you that um, image of yourself floating in that river and it's like it's it's normal for us to first think about oh am I crazy to to see that is it something that you know have I gone bonkers um but yes sometimes you know the answer is inside of us all along and I think your story is so incredible and something that not a lot of people talk about because um those spiritual journeys are you know we we talk about um you know young guys that you know go from being very party people to like enlightenment or this kind of story I think is like a usual one but women who have gone through a divorce or a separation and it was tough for her because she was kind of alienated from her um, you know community if I can use that word it's not something that a lot of people talk about so I think it's you know having you um, as um, kind of a representation something that a lot of women can look up to it's. I think it's really amazing and I think you can make a big difference um, just showing that it's normal to feel that way and there are ways to get better.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's society that tells us that we are conditioning and we are teaching um, the younger generation that this is what life should be, but it's actually not whatsoever you know, I was I did nothing wrong, and exactly yeah the and to go through that and to come out of it, I've realised that and at the time you realise the conditioning and the way um, you know we we attach ourselves to identities. You know that was my identity and and it fell away. And for everybody else out there, they've got their own identities and it can come in many different forms, you know. It it, um, it can be a work identity. It can be, you know, you might be a football star. And anyway, when that crumbles, you, are, you feel like you're nothing, you know. You feel like mm. who you are is now gone, you know, the story of yourself. But that's where the magic is occurs and I just think can you imagine if we were teaching like our kids that when you get to this point and you think that everything is just um, destroyed and there's nothing left that that's where the spark happens you know and you, you need to be listening to the whispers and your intuition to move forward because there's something there that you need to find
0: It's incredible because, like, I've spoken to a lot of people about the moment when you have that identity crisis when you don't really know who you are anymore because something that you have thought of yourself um, has, you know, disappeared because of various reasons of, you know, that your body your body changed or you lost a job or whatever you know, uh, you broke up with a partner, and it's like you are the first person I think who is saying that this moment of that identity crisis can be, uh, you know, a positive thing, actually, you know, a clean slate um, of sorts that you can start anew. And I think it's so interesting. And I really love that because I used to think about, uh, right, those moments of like that identity crisis of, you know, something that I was so afraid of. And and it's hard. Those moments are really hard yeah
1: yeah absolutely but um like i said it's it's the beginning you know and i think when you get through that first one you start to realize that we 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 um die and we're reborn many times through our life and that's how we evolve like we we evolve um in those negative labeled emotions Right. And so and this is something that the ice water has taught me is not to run from them, not to hide. They are a part of being human um, and we can sit with them. We can learn from them. We can ask ourselves, you know, what do we need right now? You know, what should we be doing differently? And this is the difference and it's what fascinates me a lot about being human is like we can choose to stay within that, right? Um, in that really lower vibration of negative emotions. We can drink, we can drug um, and we can, yeah, right? Choose choose not to feel better. Yeah. But then some of us do.
0: I really can relate to that. And um, when we talk about the people who are Hesitant about all of this, which I think, you know, I still sometimes am when I have to, you know, take that cold shower when I make myself do this. I'm just like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe let's not do that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I think to kind of persuade myself and them, uh, I want to ask you about the science behind all of this because, like you said, you know, what convinced you was uh, Wim Hof speaking about. the real you know numbers behind um, the amazing kind of miracles and the incredible things that he does you know running a marathon in the arctic uh, barefoot and all that stuff Um, so yeah can you speak a bit about the science behind the Wim Hof method and basically what makes us feel so good and why uh, why do we feel sort of enlightened yeah yeah,
1: well, uh, there is a lot, and it's a great question. You know, initially when I started, I just felt good, right? I just knew that I needed to keep going. But now that I've studied, you know, what we do is we um, we create, um, like we, we train our cardiovascular system, so with lots of blood flow throughout the body. Um, it reduces stress, anxiety, depression, and so we build resiliency in the nervous system, um, we're, we're influencing our immune response. You know, we're decreasing the force of inflammation. We're releasing more white blood cells. Um, we're creating energy. You know, we release a lot of noradrenaline. Um, and that's really responsible for focus and clarity and attention. Uh, we release Dopamine. So we release that on like the riverbank or in front of the cold shower or the chest freezer before we go in, like that friction response of not wanting to go in. Then we conquer our fear. And when we come out, we get the dopamine reward.
0: That's the best feeling. Like when you come out and you feel like, oh, I've done this. I I, I have dreaded it, but I've done this. And it's like, it's an incredible feeling. It's like you have, you know, reached Mount Everest of your own uh, sort and it's, it makes you feel like you can tackle anything that comes uh, at you during the day. Absolutely. You know, and a big one is conquering fears. Or I shouldn't say conquering,
1: integrating our fear, right? Because like at least 95% of people fear the cold. They really do. Um, and by going into that fear day in, day out, you're learning about yourself, You know, you're learning about how your mind and body works, um, the emotions and the feelings that comes with doing what you fear. And this is where it helps quite a lot with um, anxiety. You know, like I said um, before, a lot of my anxiety come from fear of not wanting to do something. And what I've realized is that by going into the ice water daily it's taken my fear away from most things in life I mean something new will come along because that's how we evolve right (laughs) but um, you know I'm no longer afraid of snakes and spiders and um, and heights and so because when I'm in those situations I know how to control my breath I know what's happening within I've got more resilience Um, and yeah, I can take control, you know, and it's when we become confident people, when we know how our body works, how our nervous system works, um, and what we can do to, you know, to either upregulate our system or calm ourselves down if we need to.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's amazing how there's this huge range of benefits that come from it. You know, most people you know, we, usually athletes do it um, just for the benefit of, you know, improved recovery um, and that sort of physical health, physical performance, which is great. I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, in the Eastern Europe has been done for generations. Um, but then you also have that, you know, that spiritual aspect, that psychological aspect of, you know, being more confident and it's just amazing how the simple thing, the simple habit of taking that, you know, cold shower, that that ice bath in the morning or if you prefer, you know, in the evening. I am not sure I have not heard about anything like that, but I I'm sure that people do it at various times during the day. It's amazing how that can really change all those different aspects of your well-being and just change your who you are and. Um, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, in regards to like, I've trained quite a few athletes now and, um, just for performance and, and I trained, uh, Manu Fidel over here. He's a French chef. Anyway, he was in SAS, the celebrity show in Australia. And what I find is like, especially athletes and in team sports, they do it for those reasons, but because they haven't had, like, a coach or a trainer or um, someone that can bring in a completely different aspect to it, they actually suffer quite a lot in the ice bath. You know, they don't (laughs) think about it. They don't pause. They're just all in. Um, Yeah, so it can be so beneficial in all those aspects um, if you know to look for them you know and if you know to take the time
0: it's important to have guidance and I I think you know being uh, having a teacher uh, like you it's it's incredibly uh, important for me it's been kind of you know stumbling in the dark uh, because I'm usually you know I self teach myself pretty much everything but I think when it comes to this it's important to have some more guidance um, but I also wanted to talk about, you know, breath work because the Wim Hof method also includes breath. And I think this is like a big part of uh, that practice. And I have heard a lot of people saying that the way we breathe today is wrong. And that apart from, you know, learning just about science and literature, we should also be taught how to breathe. Uh, and I'm curious, what do you think about that? And um, what do you think about the way? most of us breathe i guess daily um and are there any things that we get wrong about it yeah yeah great question um i think when we
1: haven't gone down sort of the breath work and meditation route um and we haven't had guidance then breathing is completely unconscious you know we're not thinking about it whatsoever and a lot of the time it's up here it's up in the chest um which is route, which is, it's the dead zone you know nothing's really happening here um whereas when we can have a practice and a routine daily i mean even if it's 5 minutes and we can start to breathe down deep into our belly we start to create more of the blood flow and depending on there's so many different breathing techniques out there um and they're going to all give you different benefits um so i try and teach people to ask them well, what does your mind and body need for today you know. Um but there's a lot of dysfunction out there. And I see again back to the athletes. Uh they the athletes are probably the most dysfunctional. Um, their nervous system regulation isn't great at all. But also people that tell me that they've learnt the Wim Hof method off the internet. <laughs> yeah, so their their breathing is of, often is <laughs> often
0: Okay, that's probably you know my kind of people who yeah think that they can self-teach themselves and then it's it's bad there's
1: a lot of b- bad practices out there and you know they're like oh I just looked at their belly and I'm like oh no do it like this so go to an instructor <laughs> yeah it's just completely worth worth it to just go to a you know a fundamentals workshop or whatever and get some proper guidance yeah. and because um yeah. Yeah. The right type of breathing is, you know, we're creating muscles when we breathe properly. We're using our diaphragm, you know, we're massaging all of our internal organs, creating more blood flow. So you really want that um, to be correct. Right. Good practices from the start.
0: So apart like through the practice that you do, you know, the breath work, how has that changed uh just your normal daily um, kind of subconscious uh, breathing. Because, you know, the thing that you do when you, you know, before you take that cold shower or something, it's like one thing. But I'm curious also about how, you know, it has influenced your kind of regular uh, breath. Yeah, yeah. So since doing and having a practice in the morning,
1: um, it actually slows, has slowed my breathing down throughout the day. So again, going back to somebody that has um, never engaged in in any type of breathing, um, a lot of the time as well, they're in the sympathetic nervous system, so they're breathing a lot more faster, a lot more heavier, and it's up high, whereas when you have a breathing practice in the morning, you get the benefits throughout the day, which is slower breaths. So before, you know, when I was in anxiety, if you're in in, anxiety anxiety you are breathing faster so you know I was probably breathing it you know I don't know 20 to 25 breaths a minute whereas now I'm a lot more slower you know I'm, I'm down to let's say an average of 10 breaths a minute so that in itself you know the breath is really like a, a remote control for the body so it slows everything down, and my mind is has moments of stillness, you know, and of peace, and of clarity.
0: It's incredible how your breath can represent can represent your inner state, and I can definitely relate to that. Um, especially you know I've been you know usually I'm not conscious of my breathing when I uh, took my divers course. And you know, I. It's like you hear your breath, you see your breath through the bubbles. Um, you can you can become aware of that, and yeah, it's it's amazing how you can see. You know, like just the sh- like the small thought of something is wrong makes you uh, make more bubbles, and it's 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 incredible um, how that also can be a tool. Uh, again, it can work the other way that through the breath, you can change your thoughts, you can change your mindset, and you can change even your attitude toward the day or your fears or your goals or other people. Um, and it's something that I don't think we usually think about uh, as that, you know, handy little tool.
1: That's right. It, it completely changes our state of being, and we can choose what state we want to be in. And this is something that people just don't know about, you know, It's and even looking at nervous system regulation, you know, you're mentioning the bubbles, they become faster and, you know, you might have had a thought of fear, right, mm. a, a perceived threat or something like that underneath the water and, you know, we have it up here in everyday life, you know, just a difficult conversation, right? You know, money troubles, a sick child, you um, you know, not liking work or our relationships. And that is changing our breathing patterns throughout the day. And what happens is it's, it's okay when we're young, you know, when it happens, um, it might happen for a few weeks or a few months, but when it starts to get into years and starts to become chronic, when you look at science, you realise that that shortness of breath is actually creating oxygen deprivation within the cells, right? So we need oxygen down in our cells, which is, again, where breathwork comes in and helps us, you know, slows our breathing down. Um, There's a lot to it in the biochemistry side, but we need that to break down food, you know, within our body and for building blocks. And we're seeing that this is what's leading to autoimmune diseases, neurological diseases and cancer. So it's fascinating how it all comes together, you know, and how then we can, if we look yeah. at fear and especially with the way the world is at the moment, you know, what what we've been through the last 20 months. And if we can start using the cold water, um, to get on top of our fear, using the breath, slowing down, observing ourselves, um, you know, then we can live a far more optimal life until, yeah, we pass on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's great, you know, to see that you really live what you preach, you know, it's like, I really know that, uh, first of all, you do this, and you love this, and that you also have experienced all of those great things. I mean, you... Um, radiate this energy by the way for all the listeners you can see that but her skin is just glowing I mean damn that's better than all the products that I have in my bathroom shelf Uh, so I think it's it really is amazing and to kind of get more about the technical side of things um, let me share uh, my own experience and you can tell me about all of the things that I did wrong and the way for it because I think most of us here are actually beginners and have not had any experience and maybe some from the internet and as we uh, talked about that it's not it's not the greatest uh, place to learn about all those things um, so basically I to prepare for this interview and also uh, I have had some experiences before but I basically a couple of days ago I went um, we have this small pool in making actually but it was like five degrees celsius outside it was like 7 8 a.m so I don't know if the water was colder or warmer than that which is like for me you I, I was used to um, swimming in lakes which were like 13 degrees so there was it was like cold for me um, so I went in I did not know how to do the proper breath work so I tried a couple of different things you know um, making those couple of short ones like through your nose like <laughs> something of this story. Um, then also you know big inhales kind of you know, holding my breath, a couple of different things, basically to kind of warm myself up. Um, then I uh, I stepped into the pool. I read somewhere that I'm not supposed to jump in, kind of, you know, get into that water quickly, but not jump in to kind of not have that shock. And I felt like instantly just kind of, it was painful, I would say. You know, my, my skin hurt. It was not something internally, because if that was something internally then I would um exit the pool right away because I I know that it's not it's it can be dangerous but it was just my skin felt kind of you know like there were tiny little um sharp needles (laughs) in my uh, in my skin um so I think I was able to be there for like maybe two minutes like a minute and a half um, and then I went out. Uh, of course, you know, the wave of energy and endorphins was there, as it always is. Um, and I was, I have to say that I was uh, expecting to uh, kind of be immediately warm after that. But I, for a couple of like 10-20 minutes, was actually cold even after I was dry. So I also uh, drank some warm water and then I was great you know I had some experiences then in the past swimming in those lakes I was actually sick after that cold water swimming so I was uh I was kind of bummed uh, that I wasn't super you know warm and hot after after that experience so yeah that was my preparation kind of cold plunge which I loved and I want to incorporate in my uh, routine Uh, but to do that I need to do it properly so now you can you know tell me what are the things that I need to work on um, and how to get better yeah
1: well first of all well done you know you should be really proud of yourself (laughs) because not everyone will give it a go And um, I always tell people the first time is the hardest because they've got the mind thoughts going, you know, we don't know what to expect and it's very unfamiliar and the brain hates unfamiliar. Um, uh, What I will say first off is that the breath work, the Wim Hof method breath work and the cold exposure is separate. So we never do Wim Hof breathing in the water. That's just for all the listeners out there. Um, It is a separate practice. Yes, it will help you in the cold water, so do it first, um, but you can pass out. So for safety reasons, we keep them separate. Uh, You said um, I think next time you could take a few moments on the bank, right, and just observe yourself. Calm yourself down. You can start long exhales, because that's what's going to calm your heartbeat. So this is the type of breathing that we use in the, in the, um, in the ice water, is just long exhales. It stimulates the vagus nerve, calms us down into parasympathetic. Um, when you enter the cold water, right, you mentioned that it felt tingly um, and maybe did, you, did it take your breath away? That's quite common. You
0: know, I've heard the... (gasps) I mean, I was breathing really hard. Actually, I recorded myself to kind of see, uh, because uh, actually I was thinking about that. I might actually kind of uh, forget. It's like, I don't know if forget is the right word, but I can lose the memory because it's like a lot of emotions. And I actually have. Like watching that uh, video, I was like, oh, I really have been standing there quite a long time. I was like... 12 seconds I thought I was you know just entered so I recorded myself just to to look back on it and I I saw that my breathing when I entered the water was really hard it was like (sighs) something like that and and it was really just moving my whole um my whole like rib cage Um, so that was my breathing and I was like after maybe 20 seconds I could basically start to calm it down but it was really really like hard yeah yeah so that's completely normal and it's something not to shy away from
1: Um, a lot of people get scared with that but that's the sympathetic nervous system and we release stress and we release trauma and pain from the body Uh, and you mentioned like we lose track of time that is something again that's very common especially for newbies um, we can have visions of past trauma. You know, it's, it's a lot rarer, but I've seen it plenty of times. Um, also, you know, people can come out and say, you know, was that two minutes? And I'm like, yeah. And I think, well, I thought it was 20 seconds. So, again, all those responses. Yeah. And it, but that
0: kind of happened for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's not a bad thing. Like, we, we leave our body. It's quite it's quite amazing, you know, we can go completely somewhere else and the time passes very quickly. Um, but using your breath like that to calm down uh, is it's the key and that's what you really want to feel. You want to feel that shift in your nervous system and you want to calm down in the water. Um, you can close your eyes and when you wake up, you know, when you open your eyes, um, you, you're quite calm and you think, well, I can actually stay in here. You know, for a bit longer, and it's quite mm-hmm. an eye opener. Um, but yeah, for I just tell people too, a couple of minutes—that's all we need. You know, and that's the average person. Yeah, it's safe. You know, and we get all the benefits in that time.
0: Yeah, for me, it was like I think I could have stayed longer, uh, but it—it it was kind of like the pain. You know, the the pain on my skin. I I just felt like it it, it, was, it was just it wasn't unpleasant like I, I, I didn't mind really the um, like the cold feeling that was kind of exciting um, but I just felt like it was getting uncomfortable and I didn't want to push it because I know that you know it's a it's a dangerous environment and um, it's like there is a reason that we have that instinct to get out of the water uh, as healthy as it is um, it's better not to push it
1: yeah, yeah, well, well done for listening to your body because that—that's a big part of it. You know, that's what I teach people to do. Oh, yeah, like you're there to observe yourself, and it was your first time. You know, I, I'd also recommend if it's for listeners out there, if it's their first time, to take a friend. You know, just to supervise or observe. Um, but the pain that you know that you're talking about is the cold. It we have um, cold and Uh, temperature receptors and pain receptors all over our skin you know you think about it you pinch yourself right and this is where the cold first activates everything that happens within the bodies because it hits the skin and then the sympathetic nervous system kicks in we release adrenaline Um, but the first time is again also normally the most painful you know or if If I had a few weeks off and I get into the ice water and there's, you know, it's one degree, um, then I'm going to feel that too. But I know the next day when I get in, I start to adapt and I start to build
0: resilience. And it's not as bad. I can handle it a bit more. And speaking of that, you know, building resilience, how would you recommend for beginners to, uh, you know, Let's say that they had that experience as I do, I did, or they're they're new to this. How can they gradually uh, build that resilience, and how should they ease into that routine? Because I know that you know it's not it's not something that you know the Wim Hof method is like you start by you know taking those short cold showers and then you get into those ice baths, but it's a gradual process. So what kind of steps would you recommend people uh, follow in order to build that resilience and, and start small and get um, better.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely the cold showers. So people can start off with their warm shower, just as normal, enjoy it, wash your hair. Uh, then you can turn it cold. And for me, the easiest way is to, you put your hands in first into the cold, right? Then you can put your your legs in next into the cold. And then you just turn your back and you have the shower right there on the back of your neck. So it's coming, the coldness is coming straight down, you know, all the the way down to your legs. And just start with 15 seconds. It's 15 seconds, step out and be proud of yourself, right? And then each time you do it, you can just, you know, up the seconds. So you might want to go to 20 seconds the next day um, and you will people will see how quickly that they can adapt and they can build that resilience to stay in for longer. So if you can get up to like a two minute cold shower and you wouldn't, but like literally 80% of people tell me the ice bath, two minutes in the ice bath is easier than two minutes in the cold shower.
0: Yeah. Like for me, I have to say that even those two minutes in that ice, you know, maybe it wasn't ice, it was a couple of degrees, but still, uh, even that cold plunge was easier for me than cold showers. I really despise it. I don't know why, but there, it's easier for me to get into a colder bath than to, uh, uh, to, to a cold shower. Um, do you think that like, there's a difference between the two or one is better than the other? Uh, there's definitely a difference. And the reason why you don't like it
1: is, again, coming back to the cold receptors. The cold and heat the temperature receptors that we have all over our body so what's happening in the shower is it's just on one part of you one part of us right the cold but then the rest of the body is warm and it's it's two different temperatures and the mind it doesn't like it it's it's uncomfortable whereas when we're in an ice bath or we're submerged and if we can get it up here like right to the bottom of the brain stem That's where you want it, and you want your body submerged fully under. We can keep our energy under there, and we can calm ourselves. We've got more control.
0: It's like it's hard, but uh, I guess those are both incredibly like useful. You know, sometimes you don't have the choice of, uh, you know, a bath or a shower. And like you, you know, did this morning, it was just easier to take that cold shower. So I guess sometimes it's it's just better. Um, so yeah, thanks for that advice. I think it can be very useful to start and I definitely want to, um, make sure that I can make this a habit, especially now when it's, you know, starting to be even colder. Um, what temperatures like do you recommend? Because like, uh, I know that you can get to as cold as, you know, uh, zero, or one degree, but, um, do you have, do you think there's, there's like a sweet spot or something? Yeah. Yeah. Look, science tells us that anything under 16
1: degrees that we will get benefits for. Okay. Um, okay. For me, I like to train people and make it as cold as possible. So I never skimp, especially if I've got to buy ice, (laughs) (laughs) colder, the better. And you spend two minutes in there yeah. because we're going to get more noradrenaline um and, and this is again i mean it's coming from my experience too i i know from the years i've been doing it but there is a science paper out also that says the colder it is the more yeah. noradrenaline but the warmer it is the longer you stay in the waterfall
0: yeah so you have to kind of find a balance between those two yeah
1: yeah ab- absolutely you know if you can't get to cold if you can't get to full ice water then go for a swim in the ocean and, and do it for 15 minutes, you know, but it, but in that time mm-hmm. too, you're listening to your body, you know, you're listening and we know when we need to get out, right? And it's, you know, if you're yeah. feeling tingles yeah. and numbness um, and your the mind is like forcing to, to stay in, That's you're going to, you, it's too much and it's just going to put pressure on your immune system and your nervous system. Um, and, you know, medium hypothermia, it's not fun. I've been there. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I push myself in the early days. Um, but it's exhausting and you get sick. So I just tell people, you yeah. know, in a couple of degrees, spend two minutes. Do that. Be proud of yourself. You yeah. know, it's amazing. It's hard for all of us, no matter what. You know, we never really get on top of it. It's a, it's a learning um yeah. every single time we learn something different
0: yeah well thanks for that little um <laughs> I mean we can inc- like write that down have that little cheat sheet uh, next to us next time uh, we next time or the first time uh we get into that cold water um and I am also I want to ask you about the the feminine aspect of your work because uh, for anyone listening uh, Leah is like you have held the first um, Wim Hof uh, course and retreat for women and I think that's incredibly interesting and like I said important Um, and I'm curious how has this practice changed the relationship with your femininity and the relationship you have with your body and all of that womanhood aspect of um, of yeah of practicing this because i think a lot of people you know when they think about the Wim Hof method they usually you know think of him and he is um, you know he he kind of you know looks like that primal guy who who I mean it's not something that a lot of people would you know think about that is you know great for women and and yeah I guess that relationship with that body and uh, that I don't know feminine energy I guess I'm kind of looking yeah. for the right word but it's hard to phrase it so I uh, yeah I'm curious about that aspect yeah yeah it's a great question because um, it has
1: helped an, an incredible amount you know and the main things that are it's coming up for me right now is attuning to my body so I really um I listen to my body Uh, I know I'm very I feel so much more connected you know whereas when I was in a difficult place I was quite dysregulated um so that mind-body connection is there and for instance you know I, I know if um, I don't really, I don't even get sick like I used to, you know, I might get a runny nose, but I know a couple of days beforehand, if I have a virus, cause I'm that I'm so in tune and I just, you know, use a bit more breath work to get over it. But, um, the energy aspect as well, you know, I feel far more well balanced. So in one way, you know, um, I think that it's, beautiful as women to have that little bit of masculinity as well you know the strength and the confidence uh independence as well in a way but then the the femininity comes in and that's well balanced as well and I flow you know my 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 life flows quite a lot um and my emotions aren't like this anymore my moods aren't like this i i don't get pms
0: yeah
1: and that's at least for eight or nine months of the year when the river is cold i know that i need both now i need the breathing aspect the meditation um and the cold exposure you know and i I do a few things so i'm into the saunas as well but to have that package um yeah i mean i haven't experienced um bad pms in years
0: that's incredible
1: and it's the empowering side of it as well and that, that that focus and clarity and that deeper deeper awareness of um attuning not only to myself but to other people and to be able to engage and have a deeper presence wherever I'm where wherever I am at in life you know I've over here in Australia we've been in like, like lockdown for months and months I, I can't even remember how long now and my life change, has changed a lot the last few months and um, I'm, I'm down on the coast and I built a garden, you know, and I'm spending lots of time with my boys and I've accepted that, that this is where my presence and my love has to be right now and I'm okay with that, you know, and I, I enjoy it and my garden is flourishing. <laughs> my fruits and my veggies yeah
0: exactly that's you know you know have some great fruits and vegetables and time with the kids I think it's it's incredible and yeah I I think like the empowerment aspect it's it's incredible and trusting you know you know as women we are often told not to accept our bodies like we are actually told that if you pay attention uh, to the things that some people can say to you even you know I as a little girl you know when we uh, were you know driving past McDonald's uh, it was it was just kind of you know seeing those people that were maybe a bit bigger you know I used to hear that you know look at those fatties in McDonald's it's 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 those little Comments and I think through um, this practice, when you say to your body, I trust you, you can get through this and you can get um, stronger through this practice. uh, I think through that, you can build a better relationship with your body, uh, which is something that I think a lot of us need um, in those, you know kind of weird times if you think about it you know we are like the only species that is actively trying to change their bodies because of the way that we think is important uh, to others and I think this practice can be really healthy uh, and helpful for sure
1: Uh, you know absolutely it's and you look at the Mm the weight loss industry and the diets and I I think a lot of people are can be incredibly stuck within their thoughts in that you know and they're they're trying to force um you know the the weight loss or whatever but a lot of the time it's actually another issue you know there's another problem there and this is where the awareness and getting to know your psyche and how it works and For me, the bringing in that spiritual journey, you know, I I realize that I'm actually not my mind and body because of what I've been through. And so I I try and teach people that, you know, is to step away from um, those thoughts that are conditioned and that are programmed in there and that are not always right come down within the body.
0: And have you ever noticed any differences between those retreats that you held for women uh, in comparison to those those regular ones? Yeah, they're huge, huge. Um, like when we
1: women really? get when we women get together, we are so powerful. Like you, you just wouldn't <laughs> believe. That. Hey, the and the energy and the breath work and. Um, and initially, you know, because they're normally around four days, it doesn't start off like that. You know, I, again, I I do the talk about, you know, negative labeled emotions and things come up, you know, we've got a lot of trauma in us, women, a lot of trauma and pain Mm -hmm. and with breath work, you know, we can release, well, we release that, and so for the first day or two, that's what you see. Like that's what I'm feeling. And as a breath coach, you know, I'm I'm on top of everyone and making sure the energy is is kept together. And it's it's hard. It's the suffering. You know, we've we've been through a lot. Um, and this is going like looking back at past lives and over. You know, I suppose we could go into genes and all of that. But um, as the day as the days go on, that that trauma and that um oh that sticky energy is um turns into love. Turns into love and like abundance and and the empowerment and it's incredible to what like I've got a totally different perspective and aspect on it because I'm I'm above instructing it and
0: I mean it sounds incredible and I can definitely imagine that. Yeah.
1: It's it's healing you know, and, and there's just a small movement in the world, but like, there's this revolution coming and I can, I feel it, I see it, but we know how to heal. We can heal. We're not going to heal. Like, yes, we need the pharmaceutical injury for injuries and car crashes and things like that. But numbing ourselves off those drugs is not healing. You know, there, there's not, there's just so yeah. many other modalities that are coming out now and um, that people are finding contentment with, you know, and a deeper understanding yeah. of life. Yeah. So it's coming.
0: I think it's so incredible. Like the only experience that I have when, when women get together and, and you have that really powerful energy is I, I went on a, I went to like a, a two hour yoga class it was like a yin yoga and then at the at the end we had that you know also you know it, it was kind of like breath work you, we had that big inhale and uh, on the exhale we you know did that you know that belly sound that the thing that you really feel your body has like uh, something like of this sort with the exhale and when you have like 20 women in that room and they all do that at the same time. The sound is really, I had shivers, you know, on my whole body. And it's just this amazing energy and this sense of connection and this sense of oneness. And you feel that, you know, that beautiful feminine energy and that connection and the sisterhood, I would say. It's like the perfect words to describe it. Um, something that it's really really hard to replicate um and you can you can see that through that sisterhood because you know we are usually you know it's usually women are not rooting for one another we are kind of taught to uh you know gossip and and bring each other down, you know, when we see a woman that is, you know, successful and in, their, in her work and she's strong and powerful, sometimes we know, we call her a bitch or something of that sort and when we actually build each other up through these kind of experiences, a lot of healing to one another, you know, just forgiving someone, forgiving another sister of yours can build you up and I think it's it's hard to describe it but it's so powerful. It's
1: that's really well said. It yeah, so well said. And the judgments and the nastiness and the bitchy that's that's the old story. You know, we we're, we're starting to there's women coming out of that and the ones that you know, we we need we need empowering and they the, the ladies they come to the retreats and a lot of them you know they they are in suffering and they, they are in a bad place or they don't know what to do with their life or how to break free and I'm like you're here because you already have you know you are you needed to go through this journey you need to be where you're at for a reason because again there's somewhere something there you need to find and you need to come out of it. And um, then help everybody else around you. You know, the healing and changing the planet, it just starts within us. That's where it starts. You know, we've got to help ourselves first, get on top of it, and then we can go out and help everybody else. So, you know, I'm very, I'm very passionate. You know, I, yeah. I want what I do in the younger generation and the youth They should be knowing about it, you know, being access having access to those tools and again getting to know the mind and the psyche first, how our mind and body works. You know, we we think we're just we're born into this physical realm that we're separate from one another, you know, and there has to be a divide and we we're on our own. um, you know, and I think it's the opposite it, it should be in schools we should be teaching kids <laughs> teaching our kids how their mind and body works and about the spirit you know because yeah. that that is that is the dividing our thoughts are exactly where we end up in life you know who we're around what we do how we feel it's all from within
0: yeah i think it's very important to recognize and teach that you are not your body, you are not your thoughts, you are something else, and you have to figure out what that is for you, and that action, that ability to do that, and that experience is something that, you know, we have to go through, but it's it's basically what life is about, and that that is what you have to pursue, not money, not career, not any sort of success or validation from others what you have to pursue is just that sense of you um and what that is Uh, and you know I'm going to going to leave you at that you know go figure out that for yourself I will do the same and yeah I want to thank you so much for this discussion I think it was so, again, it was so powerful, you know, I, I feel that sense of sisterhood with you as well, and it's been an absolute pleasure, um, I really don't want this conversation to end, but I also, at the same time, uh, don't want to uh, keep the listeners here, so thank you so much. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me, Julia, you know, and I would love to have you over here one day when the world opens back up again, <laughs> and on a women's retreat.
0: Yeah. I would love to come. Um, if you want to tell the listeners where they can find you or share a quote or say something directly to them or any kind of parting uh, words of advice, uh, what would that be?
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, well, look, where you can find me is Instagram is Leah Scotty um, and my website is leahscott.net. And words of advice. You know, when we're healthy and we're strong, um, we don't need controlling from outside devices. You know, when we can get to know our mind and our body, we can create contentment and peace within, um, then we can spread the love. You know, when we love who we are um, and we have a deeper understanding and a knowing in life and we start to listen to the whispers and to the intuition Um, to the spirit or, you know, the higher self, whatever you want to call it, then it leads us on to the path of who we're actually, who we are and who we're supposed to be. Uh, So don't be afraid. Take small steps all through the day. We have two, at least 200 choices a day to make our life a little bit different. And as the days go on, it turns into weeks and into months And who knows where you'll be after that time by just changing a few things through the day. And again, when we um, create the love and the knowing within us, um, that changes the small world around us, you know. And those and people will see that, they'll see the change and they'll jump on track.
0: Exactly. I think in that sense, um, sometimes you need to be selfish because without being sometimes selfish and choosing yourself, you cannot be selfless. You have to have that vessel of yours full to then fill the vessels of others. And I think that's incredibly important. Uh, So thank you again. And, you know, bye. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you,
1: Julia. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, listen. I really do love having all of these incredible, inspiring, successful, productive, motivating people on the podcast. But here's the problem, you know, how am I supposed to take all of their advice and incorporate all of these healthy habits into my routine, while also making this weekly podcast, studying, working out, working on my other passions, other projects, and also being at least somewhat social, huh? Where is this supposedly applicable to all 24 hours in a day? Because I haven't seen her in a while. Oh, anyway, I'm just kidding. But if you ever feel like you don't have the time to start healthy habits that you want to start, I see you and I feel you. Like... It can be hard and you might feel like a failure, but I think we all have all kinds of different responsibilities and things we need to take care of during the day. So please don't beat yourself up for it. And I think this is also the advice that I need to take myself. I think we all need to kind of forgive ourselves for those unachieved dreams. Like, seriously, now think about the habit that you have wanted to build for a while now and consider the reason why you haven't done it but then just forgive yourself like i'll try to do the same dear julia i know you have wanted to practice playing the piano consistently for a couple of years now and even though i still think you can do it and be more consistent i forgive you for just doing other things and yeah for anyone listening it's not like I encourage anyone to give up on those dreams but I just think that we need to let go of that resentment we have towards ourselves for just not living up to our own expectations uh, for doing those quote-unquote healthy habits because the thing with them is that There are far more activities that we can count as these healthy habits, but we just don't think of them as such. And also, you know, these healthy things that you are doing now might not be that in the future. I think these habits change and also are interchangeable. So please don't think that you need to do it all. I think we also don't realize how many things we actually do and don't give ourselves credit like for example i am recently like this is going to be my inside of the week by the way <laughs> i recently am putting effort into stopping myself from spiraling and judging myself for not doing something that i wanted to do for example yeah taking cold showers is something that i wanted to do for a while but i do so many other things things for myself and I think I need to broaden my definition of what a healthy habit is. So for example recently I haven't been able to run as much as I usually do. Actually I haven't been as active overall as I usually am and that's because these couple of weeks have been really stressful and busy and just a lot of things have piled up in my calendar. So obviously I haven't been running much because well I didn't have time and also frankly just I was tired and my first instinct was to kind of punish myself by thinking bad things about myself but then I realized that you know running does not define me and it's like not the only thing that I do that's healthy and it's actually not running itself that I love it's actually how it makes me feel but there are other things that make me feel this way So what I've done recently is just because I was kind of tired, I decided to wake up a bit later and the time that I would usually run in the morning, I just took 15 minutes, put headphones on, put some great Brazilian music, like samba or something, and just danced my ass off. And you know, I don't know if for some people that will be like this healthy habit, but for me it's like the healthiest of them all actually was so amazing and you know I did not feel like going on a run I did not feel like going outside when it's cold so I just woke up 15 minutes before I had to get on with my life put some headphones on danced and danced and danced just in my pjs and it was so incredible and I I really want to stop kind of thinking bad about myself for right, just not playing the piano or not speaking enough Spanish or stuff because I do so many things and actually there are other things that I do not think of as productive, as healthy, but, you know, just, just taking a bath, just meeting a friend and, you know, talking to your grandma and and watching the sunset, those are all incredibly productive things, because they make you feel good, so yeah, that's my insight of the week, I think we need to broaden the definition of what counts as, you know, healthy, and productive, and all that stuff, and realize that, you know, there is time to do all of those things, and if you want to learn Spanish, and you are unable to do that right now, just start small, you know, choose 15 minutes if you can but if you can't then you know you can start a bit later I know that's like an unpopular opinion but it's like it's not gonna run away from you you will be able to learn it and study it after your life gets a bit more um, slow and normal and that's what I'm trying to say to myself I'm trying to be a little bit kinder to myself and I hope you can do that too. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any thoughts about it, then you can contact me on our Instagram or using our email. Both of these are in the episode description. I love you so much. You have a wonderful smile, and when you smile, you make the world a better, brighter place. So smile for me, for yourself, And for the people that can see you on the street, I am sure you will make their day. So thank you so much again. And I will speak to you in the next episode. and produced by Julia Spor. If you want to learn more, visit the website attached in the episode description or visit our Instagram page, which you can also find in the episode description or at beingbetter.pod. If you want to support the show, there are a couple of ways to do that. The first one and the best one is to share the podcast with your friends and with your family. Tell them why you enjoy it and why they might enjoy it as well. You can also share it on your social media platforms. And another way to help the show is to write a review, rate or subscribe to the podcast because that helps new listeners find the show as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will speak to you in the next one.